Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Lose Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Kona O'Reilly. Today's 10-minute Tuesday, and it just so happens also to be Valentine's Day. Last Sunday was the Super Bowl. I hope your team won, unless your team was the Eagles. Go Chiefs. If you're not listening in America, um, sorry you didn't get to watch the Super Bowl. It's quite the entertaining thing. But today we're going to be talking about, since it is Valentine's Day, thought we should stick with the whole loving each other theme. And we're going to be talking about what Jesus says about loving your neighbor. So if you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, we come to what is called the greatest commandment in the heading of my Bible. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So the first and greatest commandment, he says, is loving the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, and all your soul. And how hard is that? That is probably, in my opinion, the hardest commandment to follow. Because if we loved God with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul, we wouldn't sin. We would recognize the sacrifice that he did on the cross and love him so much for what he's done for us and thank him so much for what he's done for us that we would never sin again. So we keep going on sinning because we haven't reached a point in our relationship with God where we're thankful enough and loving enough to not sin. Because if you love God with all your heart, you're going to want to please Him with all your heart. And if you try to please Him with all your heart, you're not going to sin. So we need to be in the Word of God, be rooted in the Word of God. We need to be in prayer with God, grow in our relationship with Him. And the more and more we progress in that, the less and less we will sin. Because we're growing in our relationship with God. Now the second commandment is like it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. All, in the, law, all the law and the prophets hang off these two commandments. So you, you've you heard this before. Um, it's just about half of the golden rule here is treating others the way you want to be treated. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we are quick to do what we want and do and, and make things happen the way we want it to happen. And, and as human beings, uh, sinful human beings, we are very quick to be considerate only of ourselves and not loving towards others. So we need to remember as we go out into the world, as we're interacting with other people, with other humans, with other Christians, with unbelievers, we need to be loving. We need to be considerate, compassionate, empathizing, sympathizing. We need to show them what it is like to follow Christ. Loving others as yourself, loving others in the same way or valuing others in the same way that you value yourself. That is truly the way that Jesus wants us to to act. I mean, it says it here in the text, of course, but it there's a saying and and I'm not much for this saying because I'll say it afterwards. But the saying is share the gospel. And if you can use words, meaning if you act great. If you act loving, if you act kind and compassionate, people will will say, well, why are they doing that? 
and then they say, well, it must be because they're a Christian. And I'm not a fan of that scene, really. Not not really. Because to me, it sounds like eat soup, and if possible, use a, a fork. It, it, it's really just... I don't like it personally, but I'm an evangelist at heart, so that 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 might be why I like I like to use my words. So, but it's true. If if, you, if we are very loving and kind and compassionate, people might think it might be because they're a Christian, or it might be because they have value for me because they love their God. And so, if we do treat others like we would treat ourselves, and love others like ourselves, and value others like ourselves. We can share the gospel. And also, if you are upset with somebody and you're not being loving and kind and compassionate, they're going to see that. You know, you think you can hide it, but really it's it's very hard to hide. And they can see that you're not getting with them. So then when you try to share the gospel and you say, well, I'm telling you this because I love you, <laughs> they might have a hard time believing that you actually do love them when you're sharing the gospel. So really just valuing others as you value yourself and loving others as you love yourself. It's just the quickest way to, and best way to share the gospel. And it's what Jesus commands us. So Matthew chapter five, verse 43 says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sins reign on the righteous and unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So he says, don't just love your neighbor. Don't just love the people you're around. Don't just love people who serve you and help you and are kind to you. He says, love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Love those who are not kind to you, who are upset with you a lot. Love everybody, he's saying. People you know, people you don't know. And pray. Not not, not only just love those who persecute you, not only just love your enemies, but pray for those who persecute you. And that will improve your prayer life. If you can genuinely pray for somebody that makes you upset, somebody that is rude to you or mean or, or or snarky, if you can genuinely find a time in prayer where you are earnestly praying for them, that will improve your prayer life. It'll help you earnestly to pray for so many things. Because if you can earnestly pray for your enemy, you can earnestly pray for your sister or your brother, or your father, or your mother, yourself, and it'll improve your prayer life greatly. And, you know, Jesus says in... Uh, chapter 5, I believe, about don't use meaningless repetition when praying. You need to pray with earnesty. And so praying for your enemies is a great way to learn to pray with earnesty. And you're going to be praying for their improvement. You're going to be praying that they will find Christ and praying that they just live a loving life and and that might be hard sometimes, but it's what we're called to do. So also about loving your, your neighbor and your enemies, sharing the gospel. In my opinion, the greatest form of love is sharing the gospel with somebody. So it goes to say that in my mind, 
the greatest form of hate is not sharing the gospel with somebody. Popular atheist Penn Gillette released a video a couple years ago, and he says in that video he has great respect for people who share the gospel. He's an atheist, and he doesn't believe in Christianity at all. Like, he's far from it. But he has great, great, great respect for people who share the gospel. And he does not like people who profess to be Christians and don't share the gospel. Because he says this. He says, if you truly believe there's eternal life, if you truly believe that when you die, you're going to go to heaven and spend eternity in joy and peace with your Lord, and that when someone who doesn't know Christ dies is going to go to hell, if you genuinely believe that, how much do you have to hate somebody to not share the gospel with them? How much do you have to hate somebody to not share the gospel with them? To know that if you don't share the gospel and tomorrow is not promised, that this person could die tonight and you have the opportunity to share the gospel and you said, no, I'm not going to. How much hate is that? If you genuinely believe that if they die in their sins, they're going to go to hell, why would you not share the gospel with them? It's the only thing that you could fathom doing is, is, saying, is if someone was on the top of a plane and they're about to jump out of the plane and they say, yeah, I'm going to flap my arms, right? You're going to pull them back into the plane. You're going to say, put on the parachute, put on this parachute. And that's what we're doing when we're sharing the gospel. People try to trust in other vices other than Christ. And we say, put on this parachute. Take Christ, trust in Him, be obedient, be ser or be a servant to Him. And we're trying to save them. We're trying to, of course, we can't save anybody. Only God can, but we're trying to tell them about our Lord who, who gives us great peace and gr gives us great joy and, and also saves us from eternal damnation. And so how much do we have to hate somebody to not tell them about the gospel? Now, if you are scared to share the gospel, because many people are. Many people are nervous. Many people say, I'm not brave enough. First of all, you don't need bravery. You need love. If you love somebody, right, pray. Pray to the Lord that you love everybody greatly. Because then sharing the gospel will be greater because you love them enough to tell them that their parachute's not, not uh, on correctly. But if, if you think you really can't do it, go to 1 Corinthians in your Bible. And we're going to see what it takes to share the gospel. It's what God says it takes to share the gospel, right? Paul, Apostle Paul's writing here to the Corinthians. Chapter 2, verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on wisdom, but on God's power. So he says he didn't come with eloquence, human wisdom. He came with fear. He came with trembling. He came with weakness. So you don't have to be strong. You don't have to be brave. You don't have to be wise. He says he didn't even have persuasive words or eloquence in his speech or, or, or wisdom. You don't have to have any of these things. He says what he came with in verse 2, or verse 3. No, yeah, verse 2. He says he came with them with nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you preach Christ and Christ crucified, you're going to be one heck of an evangelist. You're going to be great even. So 
share the gospel, love your neighbor. Happy Valentine's Day, friends. Thank you for listening to the Lose Your Life podcast.